The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Church, happy Memorial Day weekend. So good to be with you. You guys excited to be at church this morning? Well, good. Well, we're excited to have you here with us, and I hope you have a wonderful time this weekend celebrating Memorial Day with your family. I would encourage you to make sure at some point this weekend that you uh, you remind, especially if you have kids, remind them of what this is really all about. It's not about hot dogs and grilling or going to the overflowing lake. Uh, it's actually about remembering people who have sacrificed and given their life so that we can have freedom. Our country isn't perfect, but it's a lot better than a lot of others out there. And so we're grateful for our nation. Uh, also this morning, I know we've had storms that have just been kind of blowing up our city over the past month. And there's been people that have been displaced due to flooding. In fact, last night there was a tornado that hit El Reno and two people actually lost their lives. So I know there's been a lot of messes going on. One, I want you to understand as a church that we are looking at ways to help and assist people with that. And we'll probably have information for you this week on uh, what we're going to be doing about that. But I also think it'd be important today that we lift up uh, those who have been affected by this in prayer. Know this church too. We've been lifting you up all week, covering you in prayer. And uh, But we, I, I think today as a church body, we need to come together, join our faith with the other churches and other people in the city, and just lift up those who are grieving or hurting due to Due to these uh, this, these tornadoes and this weather, so would you pray with me, Lord? We we just lift up all of those who've been affected by these storms, and God, we just uh, we just thank you for for healing their hearts. Those who are mourning today, those who are hurting today, those who are frustrated today, aggravated, those who have been living in fear over the past couple of weeks. Lord, we know that doesn't come from you; uh, that's from the enemy, and so we don't receive that. We thank you that our God is a God who protects us and keeps us safe. So we thank you for that, and we just. Thank you for a spirit of peace and a spirit of joy and a spirit of love that would just consume those today who are hurting, specifically those families that lost those loved ones. Lord, we just we just lift them up right now. We thank you for 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 the spirit of God, Lord, that you would do only what you can do in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, uh, in case you're wondering, I know we've been talking last week and we kind of started teasing you with this idea that we were doing something today that was a little bit different than anything we've ever done before. And before you start thinking we've gone full old school assemblies of God this morning, (laughs) those of you who are AG, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, that's not exactly what this is about. If you, if you know anything about this church, you know that we are all about reaching the next generation. Uh, I'm able to stand up here on a weekly basis because people poured into me when I was young. People gave me opportunities and, and gave me opportunities to use the gifts that God placed in me. And so we value that. In fact, one of our, uh, our five pillars here at New Song Church is building the family. And when we talk about the family, we're talking about your individual families, but we're also talking about this body, this family of God that we're all together, a part of this ministry together. And so that's why we do so much for our children's ministry. That's why we do so much for our youth ministry. Uh, we're, we're raising up a generation. And, and why these guys are up here today is because these are a group of, of young leaders within our church that we value, we believe have a message, and we want to help them to continue to grow and step into what God has called them to do. So we're calling this weekend Young Communicators Weekend, or you can also call it 3 by 10 because what we're doing is each one of these guys has 10 minutes, 10 minutes, guys, to share their story with you. Now, here's what we told them. We're about helping people know God, right? New Song Church, we want to help people know God. 
There you go. We want to help people know God. And so we asked them to, to share what knowing God means to them. And uh, so let me introduce these guys for you real quick. Uh, first down here in the end, this is Jackson Wilson. Yes. If you are a New Song student, you better be amen in this morning because this is your pastor and uh, he needs your support. And, and uh, so... But Jackson's full-time with us. He oversees New Song students. He oversees all of our live broadcasting. He also oversees a team of people that, uh, that help me develop the messages and help with the series and help you know, make this a lot better. We want to put as many minds on these messages you guys receive on a weekly basis as possible. So Jackson does a lot with those teams, and we are grateful to have him. Beside him is Haley Wilson. And Haley is the better half of Jackson. Amen. They have been married for a year next week. Look, she's already cleaning him up up there. And I married him, so I know this, but they're awesome. Haley oversees our communications team, social media, event planning. Uh, she is incredible. Me and Sarah talk about this all the time. Like, what did we do before these people showed up at this church? I'm telling you, you may not know them real well, but let me just tell you, you have been touched by what they do. They affect your life. They affect this church. And we're so grateful for them. And then this is Mr. Casey Bush. And if you, let me just tell you this. If you don't know Casey Bush, you are missing out on life. Casey Bush is one of my favorite human beings on the planet Earth. I love this dude. He's hilarious. He's awesome. And, uh, and, and he oversees our production team. Casey does a lot behind the scenes. He's back there in the dark all the time. He's the guy that shoots our videos, edits our videos, puts all that stuff together. And Casey is also the first person who moved to Oklahoma City before me and Sarah, two months before us, moved to Oklahoma City to help us plant New Song Church. So I, I know, yeah. So we love Casey, and we love all these guys. And let me just tell you, on Monday, we had them come over to our house, and me and Sarah sat on the couch, and they had to preach this to us before they got to do this for you. I don't know what was more intimidating, probably that, than this. But, but let me just tell you, this is re- what they have to say. First service was amazing. What they have to say is so good. Get out your notes. Get ready to write some stuff down. I promise you, you are going to be blessed by what they have to say. So New Song Church, would you please welcome number one up here this morning, Casey Bush. Good morning, New Song. How are you guys doing? Good? Good? Good. As Pastor said, I oversee the production team. Um, if you see them, give them a shout out. They're the guys in the dark. And uh, I'm representing them tonight or today. Come on, guys. Give me a little whoop whoop, right? A little... We're in front. We made it, okay? But I am uh, I'm married to this beautiful woman over here, Haley. She loves when people look at her, so everybody just look at her. In all her glory. She's amazing. She has, I met Haley at Hideaway when I moved here to help Pastor Josh and Sarah start their church, start new song. And I sling in pizzas. And working at church and finding the love of my life. So at Hideaway Pizza. So you never know what God's plan is going to do. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Um, and also, today I'm substituting as lead pastor. So in this time that I'm here, I'm going to be making some changes. Okay? I got some changes. And I know what you're asking, thinking. Casey, what, what first changes are you going to make? I know there's so many. Okay? Well, my first thing is I'm going to uh, induct myself as the lead worship pastor. So, so that's what I'm doing. 
um, and we're only going to sing one song. <laughs> Hallelujah here below. I figured if it's right, right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I don't know why David doesn't sing it every Sunday. I mean, it makes sense to me, right? It makes sense to all of you, apparently. So <laughs> on a serious note, my, I want to talk to you today about something that's really near to my heart. And I want to talk to you, as Pastor said, about who God is to me. And if I ask you that question, who is God to you, what would you say? Would you say that he's forgiving or almighty or trusting? Or maybe for you, you would say he's frustrating. And see, you wouldn't be alone in that. I was in that place seven years ago where if you asked me who God was to me, I would say frustrating. See, I grew up in a home where my, both my, pa- my parents were pastors, and one of them in this room today, Mama, right there. She birthed me, so you get to see this today. She's an amazing mama. I have a brother who, uh, I'll shout out to him on live, what's up, brother? And he works at a church in Tulsa doing some of the same things that I do here, and we're a very church-oriented, God-oriented family. And my father, my father was the lead pastor of a church in Louisiana. He, he planted churches, and then he gave them away and brought people up in Christ. My father was an amazing pastor, a loving pastor, a loving husband, and a loving father. And one day, I came home from school, and I didn't know it, but my life was about to shatter into pieces. I came home to find my father lying there, dead on the floor. And see, I found out I didn't know who God was. I didn't know who he was to me. And I went on to struggle through my senior year of high school. It's a 17-year-old boy, a time where you need your father. That time, 17 to 18, boyhood to manhood, he wasn't there, and I was frustrated. I was frustrated at God. And I went on to graduate high school. And on graduation night, I'm sitting in my car and I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm wondering why this happened to me. Why would you take somebody that loved God and that followed you? Why would you do this to a young man to find his father there? You can control it. Why? And I was angry and I was frustrated. To a friend coming up to me, seeing me in this parking lot, seeing that I'm crying, seeing that I'm upset, asked if I wanted to not think about that tonight, to have a, quote, fun night. And that was the first night that I had ever been given Oxycontin. For those who don't know, Oxycontin is a highly, highly potent pain medication. And I didn't know it, but that was the first night of my drug addiction. I went on for the next two years to take up to 15 to 20 pills a day and develop a $400 a day habit. I was a wreck and I was angry and the enemy was winning. My mother, knowing nothing of my drug addiction for two years, decided she was going to move her business to Florida. And I knew, I thought, this is my chance. Like, this is where, if I just move, I'll get out of it. That's how it works. So I moved with her. And when I got to Florida, I unraveled. I told her what the last two years had been like. I told her that I was addicted to opiates and that I was dabbling in heroin by now. That these two years were not going well. 
And I told her, and I lied to myself, and I lied to her, and I said, I can do it. I can beat this. Without God, with my own free will, that I could do it. But new dealers in a new state, I hadn't done it. A year down the line, I hadn't done it. I had just created more chaos. My mother told me that one of my father's friends offered to pay for my rehabilitation in Karnak, Texas, where I thought, this is my chance. This is where, this is it. I couldn't run away from Karnak, Texas. It's like 45 minutes is the closest Walmart. So if I wanted to leave, it was on foot and I was hitchhiking. And she wasn't picking me up, were you? You wouldn't pick me up. I called. (laughs) Please pick me up. I thought this was my way out. In Psalm 71.20, it says, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depth of the earth, you will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. And I began a difficult road of restoration. I began to see the men in rehab, them telling me that this was their second, third, tenth, eleventh time in rehab. And I said, is this going to be my life? Is this it? God, is this it? A life back and forth to rehab. A life disappointing every person that I come in contact with. I don't want that to be my life. And I cried out to God for true restoration, for restoration of my life, for forgiveness, and for that day on to truly begin my restoration journey. I left rehab six months later to a rocky world of uncertainty, unknowing, and fighting the urges my body was craving. To start N.A., if anyone in here knows, NA is Narcotics Anonymous. And I sat around these meetings every week hearing these men and women say, my name is Carol and I'm an addict. My name is Billy and I'm an addict. And I just didn't want to believe this. I didn't believe once an addict, always an addict. That verse says, you will restore my life again and this wasn't my life. My life wasn't filled with a constant reminder of what I had done and what sin had done. So let me say it this way. There's this guy on the History Channel, and I know some of you guys have heard of them. It's, called a, it's a show called Counting Cars. And they go in and they bring in these terrible-looking cars. And, I mean, they're beat up. I think we have a picture of one. This looks like a bear attacked it. Like, literally, that he owned it, and he's like, well, I just got big old paws. I can't drive. I just shredded to pieces. I mean, literally, it looks terrible. You don't even know what kind of car that is. And he goes in, and he... These people bring him the car and he starts working on it, ripping the seats out, ripping the bumper out, ripping the engine out. And when the people come back to see this, they don't look at it and say, well, the bear, he got to it right here. I mean, it, it was this. I mean, it was this. every. Well, no, they see what he's done. And they show, show that picture, guys. They see this. And they see what it is right then and there. They don't see a busted down car. And that brings me to my point. God is a restorer. That Psalms verse doesn't say, you will restore some parts of my life again while reminding me of the mistakes I had made. No, it says, you will restore my life again. You will increase my honor. That guy who restores those cars increases the value and the look of the car by using Parts that were there and parts that are new. The Hebrew translation of restore is to quicken, revive, or refresh. When that car builder restores a car, like I said, he increases that value. And he revives it. He doesn't focus on what it was constantly. He sees what it's going to be. 
You may see a Ferrari that is busted down, but he sees a car that goes 220 miles an hour and is worth upwards to $300,000 when he's done with it. That's what he sees. Folks, if you hear anything from me today, hear this. God wants you fully restored. God wants you fully restored. I want to be able to say, look what God has done, not what sin has done. I don't want to look back. I want to look forward. I am a walking testimony of this, folks. I am a walking testimony. I am, was able to come help a pastor start a church. What, what drug addict? I wasn't anywhere. I couldn't even fathom that. I was able to meet the love of my life. I wasn't even thinking about women. I wasn't even thinking about marriage. I was thinking about how to get high next. Like, you don't think about all these things. Like, well, I mean, I might do this drugs, but I might go start a church here soon. Like, no. (laughs) That's not how it works. I was a drug addict, and God saw Ferrari. God saw what I was going to be. And God sees what you're going to be. You just have to walk and pursue him. You have to see that. I am able to be on this stage today because God saw what he saw and he fully restored me so that I could show you what full restoration looks like. Thank you so much. So good. Well, first of all, I just want to say I am humbled to be up here. I'm so thankful for leaders that choose to pour into us. Thank you, guys. You've changed our lives. I also want to say that I am the youngest communicator on Young Communicator Weekend. I'm 23 years old. My name is Haley Wilson, and I know God as my healer. I realize that in my life, there's a clear story of God's healing. It starts when I was a kid. It ends about yesterday. Um, And I want to tell you about that. And this is the only way that I know how to tell you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you three stories from my life that walk you through what God has done. And then I'm going to land on a point that I think you guys can take something away from. Does that sound good to anybody else? Oh, good. Okay. So if you're taking notes, this is my first point. I learned, I learned that God was my healer as a kid. At four years old, the same year I was saved, I found out that I had a lazy eye condition. This means that my eyes worked at different paces. My left eye was completely different than my right eye. It caused some crazy headaches. My pupils were completely different sizes. I became a science experiment from this point on. I went to the eye doctor twice a week. I did the eye patch thing. I did the glasses thing. I was four. All the way into elementary school, this happened to me. But somewhere growing up, I learned that Jesus, my Jesus, wanted me to ask him for what I needed. And you know what? I learned this from my mama. In the mornings, I'd see her blow dry her hair in the morning, and she's going through her blue study Bible. And she would tell me, this is my time with God. Please respect it. And I would be like, oh, okay. So I learned from my mom that God was approachable. I just want to say to all those parents and mamas out there today, if you're like, does my kids see what I'm doing? We do. We may not see it till we're 23 and preparing for a message on Sunday, but we do see it. So I learned from my mom that God was approachable. I also learned in Sunday school sometime that I could ask for things in Jesus' name. Now, I didn't know the verse for this, but it's actually in John 14, verse 13 through 14, and it says this. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. This is Jesus. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Well, it took me a while to start asking for the right things. I was the elementary kid who would run to the hills and just be like, Father, 
In Jesus' name, can my mansion in heaven be really cool? Also, can Pokemon be real? Because that'd be great. Um, And I kept asking for, I'm serious. I asked for things like this. Well, when I was 10 years old, my mom sat me down and she started preparing me for what my eyes were getting worse and my vision was starting to go away. And she was preparing me for this surgery that was inevitable. Haley, you're going to have to have surgery. It's going to be okay. I, I believed her, but I was terrified. And I didn't have the language to ask God to heal me. I didn't know that word. I just said, Lord, I'm so terrified. Can you save me? Can you save me from this situation? And I remember going to the eye doctor and having the eye doctor tell me to not come back. Which was crazy, by the way, because this is fifth grade now. And I was four when this happened. And I went, and I, did, I wasn't part of this conversation, but he talked to my mom and just said, I don't know why, but she doesn't need it anymore. And I haven't had trouble with that lazy eye or the pupils. It, to this day, this has not affected me. So I learned that God was my healer as a kid. And if you're taking notes, this is my second story now. Then I knew that God was my healer as a teenager. Flash forward, I was a super active teenager. I did marching band, which doesn't sound active, but if you know, then you know. Um, I was a runner. I was a soccer player. I was a kickboxer. Jackson loves telling people that I was a kickboxer. Um, One day after kickboxing, something felt wrong in my leg. And if you're an athlete, you kind of know there's a difference between feeling pain and being injured. I knew that something was up. And so I eventually told my parents, and we went to the doctor, and I saw a specialist. And I remember doing all these weird tests at the specialist, and he got real close to my face. It was really weird, but it's very vivid to me. And he said, your legs grew wrong. He said, your legs grew wrong. The muscles in your thighs, they're all over the place. They're not doing the right thing. They're injuring your knee. And the damage that has been done is completely unfixable. He looked at my mom and said, when she's in her 20s, she's going to have tendonitis. When she's in her 30s, she's going to have arthritis. And that's just how it's going to be. I was too young for that. I was too young for that. And I went into a year of excruciating physical therapy. I remember waking up to go to high school. I'd go to brush my teeth and I would just lean against the wall because standing on my knees to brush my teeth for two minutes was too much. I was in a youth group and I learned this verse, Isaiah 40 verse 31. I stood on this verse. I cried on this verse in this time. It says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. It's really hard to say the word weary. (laughs) Um, I wanted that. When I was a high schooler, I wanted that. That was tangible to me. I couldn't run. I couldn't walk. And those things made me feel terrible. I wanted this. Sometime, though, towards the end of high school, I found out that surgery was going to happen. I was here again. I was going into surgery. We had set a date, December 14th, 2014, to give you guys some reference on that. High school, December 14th was my date for surgery, and we were going there, and I had given up at that point. One day, I was in a worship service, and I had a friend come up to me and say, can I pray for you? And I'm like, okay. I mean, give me some grace. I've been going through this for a long time, and I didn't want to go through it anymore, but I was praying for me, and other people were praying for me, so this person asking to pray for me, I was like, okay, yeah, fine. And this friend goes, no, really, let me do this. So she lays her hand on my knee, and she says, in Jesus' name, I pray that you show Haley she's healed with a cold sensation in her leg. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Uh, (laughs) so I walk away from that and I'm in this college advisement meeting literally immediately afterwards and I'm sitting across from this college advisor I'm trying so hard to listen to what he has to say but I'm freezing and I realize I'm freezing only in this leg and somehow it just clicks I'm like oh my gosh God just healed me so in perfect Haley fashion I just like shoot up and I'm like I gotta go and I just run down the hallway (laughs) 
And I'm running for the first time in a long time. So listen, I learned that God was my healer as a kid. Then I knew that God was my healer as a teenager. And this is my final story. So now I know. Someone say, now I know. Now I know God as my healer as an adult. And this one is nearest and dearest to my heart. See, a year ago this month, God healed me of crippling acne on my face. What was once acne on my face was actually emotional pain in my heart. I thought I couldn't go into a place without people seeing my flaws first. I couldn't meet a person without looking at their eyes to see if they were checking me out. I was hiding behind shirts. I was putting my hair in front of my face. I didn't get healed of this until I was 22. So at this point, I thought this was just going to be my entire life. And I had some crazy encounters about this one. Every person and their pet dog thought they knew how to heal the acne on my face. The funny thing is I asked God for healing about this issue only when I felt insecure about it, but I don't remember ever going forward for prayer. I don't remember standing on a verse. See, with every other story, I've been able to tell you a verse. There isn't one for this one because I didn't do that. And when I'm writing this out, I realized that this was a huge missing piece in God's ability to move in my life. And I'm going to be real with you this morning. I was so scared of being disappointed that I wouldn't get healed of this that I didn't even really ask for his healing. Even though I had years of faithfulness behind me, I don't know why, but for some reason it was still hard to believe that he would heal me. And this month last year, I let that go. I asked and pursued him for healing literally for just a couple of weeks and without even noticing, it was all gone. We were moving and I found this picture of me from senior year of college, which is just a year ago. Um, (laughs) And my forehead and my chin are just like completely covered in acne and my cheeks just have scars all up and down them. And I'm staring at it because I'm like, I don't look anything like that anymore. And it's funny because I showed my husband this and his reaction was hilarious because he was like, whoa. (laughs) He was like, you don't look like that at all. And I'm like, no, I don't. God healed me. And through all of this, through the goodness of him in my life, I realize I know him. I have known him for a very long time. He is my healer. He paid for my healing. And the stories I tell you today, they have years in between. Listen to this. I had acne for eight years. I had glasses for seven years. I had a knee injury for four years. I have none of those things standing in front of you today. In fact, you would not even know if I did not tell you that it happened. I have one point, and then I'm going to close today. I know God is my healer, and I really want you to get this. We don't serve a different God. We don't serve a different God. Ephesians 1 says this so much better than I can. This is what I know about God, starting in verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So many times in these stories, guys, I felt like I had fault. But it says right there, Christ chose us to be holy and without fault. God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Listen to me. My sickness, my injury, my issue, all of that is not what God wanted to do with my life. It says so right there that he wanted to bring me to him through Jesus Christ, and that means that he wanted to be my healer. He wanted to be my redeemer. He wanted to be my savior, my salvation, and that 
gave him great pleasure. We got to keep going. Verse six. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out onto us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom. And that means from sickness with the blood of his sin and forgave our sins. He has showered us in kindness along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, somebody say at the right time. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything on heaven and on earth. Listen, I know God. I know him as my healer. I know that he will move in your life. I know that you can stand on his word. I know that you can know him as your healer. She's fiery. I'm a little intimidated having to uh, preach after my wife, but that is my wife, and I am honored and privileged to be married to you, Haley. I love you so much. So super excited about our first anniversary coming up this week. Um, I'm super excited. My name is Jackson. I'm the student pastor here at New Song Church, um, and I am really excited to be sharing with you what the Lord has put on my heart for you all this morning. Um, But before I get anywhere... I want to simply acknowledge the thing that we're doing this morning and how cool it is. Because we have some amazing leaders, Pastor Josh and Sarah, who are passionate about pouring into the next generation. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt that me and Haley and Casey, we are direct testimonies to this passion of our pastors. So can we give some a round of applause to our pastors? Thank you. I can assure you there's not a whole lot of churches giving the mics to a couple 20-somethings and saying, go, be who God's called you to be. So I'm super thankful that they're doing that. Um, Well, when Pastor Josh and Sarah, a couple months ago, came to the three of us and invited us to do this thing called Young Communicators, they said, hey, just answer this one question. How do you know God? How do you know God? And I'm going to be honest, uh, that's a hard question to answer in 10 minutes. (laughs) That is a hard question to answer. But... As I began to pray and think and talk with these two about what they were talking about, I realized that the answer to this question is actually really simple. It's, I know God because of what he's done for me. And you've seen that in all these stories so far. I know God because of what he's done for me. And something that he's done for me and continues to do for me on a daily basis is walk me into greater levels of freedom. Freedom is something that we talk about here a lot at New Song Church, um, and freedom is a big deal. I think sometimes we get a little confused with, th- with freedom. We think freedom is like a place that you arrive at one day. Like, I have arrived at freedom, like, it, like enlightenment or nirvana or something, but freedom is not something that you achieve or, or, or arrive at one day. Freedom is a daily walk with Jesus. A, a way that I like to think about it is freedom is looking more like Jesus today than I did yesterday. And you do that through a relationship with him. You let him shape your heart. You let him mold you. And this is something that I'm really passionate about because when I was in middle school, I believed a little lie about myself. And I let that lie dictate my walk. I let that lie dictate my decisions that I made. Uh, But God has freed me from that. And he continues to free me from that. And so I want to share that with you. But I also want to share with you what I think is the key to stepping into freedom and, and walking into deeper levels of freedom. So Um, To give you a little context about this story, something you need to know about me is that I am a fair-skinned, blonde-haired dude. Some of you guys are like, duh. But I say that because 
all of my fair-skinned, blonde-haired brothers and sisters in this room, or red-haired brothers and sisters in this room, what up, know exactly what it feels like to blush in front of people. It's not fun. It's super uncomfortable. In fact, when I was younger, I used to blush in front of people all the time, and it was always at the worst moments possible. So I remember this one, uh, this one instance in particular when I was preparing for this message. I was in eighth grade middle school, eighth grade English class, the glory days, right? The best time of your life, eighth grade English. And um, we were presenting book reports um, on some book. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember dreading this day for a long time. I was not looking forward to this day. I was a pretty reserved kid and didn't love the idea of 20 of my peers staring me down as I talk about a book that I didn't even read. But, but my time was here. It was time for me to share. And so, um, so my teacher calls my name, and I do the walk up to the front of the class, which feels like an eternity, and I start to speak. And I'm in this class, I'm in middle school, eighth grade English class, I'm, I'm speaking about this book, and I felt pretty confident. I remember thinking, I feel, I feel really good right now. And then something happened. I don't know exactly what happened, I don't remember, but I remember tripping up on a word or forgetting my lines. Something happened, and I just froze. I just froze up in front of the classroom. And I remember being frozen on the outside, but on the inside, my mind was going crazy. Like, have you ever seen Inside Out before? Like, just putting out fires, looking through the filing cabinet, trying to find something to say. Please, God, say something. And, uh, and then I felt it. I felt it. My ears started to get warm. My face started to get red. And the fear that was inside of me was just on display for everybody to see. Um, and I kid you not, my English teacher looks to me in the middle of my, my speech and says, Jackson, are you sunburnt right now? Who does that? Who does that? And then one of my classmates wanted to save me, and he was like, no, he's not sunburnt. He's blushing. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I say all that to say this. That's a really funny story, and I'm sure some of you guys can relate to that. But something happened that day that I didn't really realize happened. It happened deep in my heart. You see, when I walked back to my desk after that speech that I just pushed through, I made a decision in my heart. And I said, I'm never going to do that again. I am never going to speak in front of people again. And I believed two lies that day. I believed a lie that I guess I'm just not supposed to speak in front of people. I guess I just don't have much to say. And then I believed a lie that I'm not bold. I guess I'm just not bold and charismatic and funny like my classmates. I'm just Jackson. Now, I say that because God wants to heal us and free us from those lies. And sometimes when we think of freedom, we think of freedom from the big stuff, like an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction or pornography. And don't get me wrong, God wants to free you from all of those things. But what about the little lies that go unnoticed? The lies that I'm not smart, I'm not important. I guess that person can hear God, but I can't hear God. I would honestly argue that these little lies can be more harmful than the big stuff that we need to be freed from, because it's not as obvious. So I say all that because God is a good father, and he sees you, and he loves you, and he wants to introduce you to the real you, the you that was you before the lies showed up. Psalm 139 says this. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. The God that sees you, the you that he sees, 
It might be different than the you that you think you are. And he wants to introduce you to the real you. And so back to my story, back to my story. Um, I had this lie, these lies that I was carrying and living out. And, and then in high school, when I was 17, I gave my life to Jesus. And I chose to follow him for real. I wasn't playing church anymore. And I quickly found out and realized that uh, these lies were in conflict with the life that God was calling me into. Because I had people saying, Jackson, you're going to be an influencer. You're gonna, God's going to use you to speak to people and minister to people. And I started getting put in leadership roles in high school. And the whole time, I was thinking, I do not want this. I do not want any of this. What do you do when you find yourself in a place where God's calling you into something that absolutely terrifies you? Absolutely terrifies you. You think it's impossible for you to do. Well, this is something I believe that God wants to heal us from. That fear, those lies that go unnoticed. And here's how I think he does it. It's in Hebrews 12, 2. This is how he did it with me, and this is how we stay in freedom. Here's what it says. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, I just want to focus on those first couple words where it says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. I looked up that word looking, and it's a Greek word that I'm not going to try to pronounce this morning, but I will translate it for you. And here's what it translates to. It doesn't just translate to seeing something. It translates to this, to turn the eyes away from other things and fix them on something. To turn the eyes away from other things and fix them on someone. You see, when I was walking in those lies, you know what my attention was on? It was on the lies. It was on what I couldn't do. I guess I'm not a speaker. I guess I'm not bold. I was so focused on that. But when I gave my life to Jesus and I started to give a little more attention to Jesus, guess what happened? I gave him room to shape my heart. I gave him room to shave off those lies. And you know what? I didn't just become some charismatic speaker by the end of the day. But what I did do is I gave him room to move. I gave him room to move. And so church, I want you to know this morning that God is not after what you bring to the table. God's not after you having a perfect walk with him. And God is not after you being perfect. God is after your attention. God's after your attention. Thank you. Come on, guys. Let's give him a hand. All right. Hold on. You guys... Stay right here, stay standing, stay standing, stay here for just a second. Um, I want to invite Dad, Sarah, is Josh Romano in here? Some of our elders to come up here. We're going to lay hands on these guys. If we can get Josh Romano, is David, is he here? He's in Boomtown? Okay. I want to have some of our, our elders lay hands on these guys. So you guys step up here, make room for them. I'm going to boss you around. I'm still the boss, Casey, okay? Just so you know. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and, and I want to do this too. If you are a high school uh, student right now, or you're in college right now, I want you to stand up as well. Church, that's you. Come on, be bold. If you're in high school, Maddie. Yes, Maddie. So good today in worship today. Listen, here, here's, here's, what, here's what I want us to see. We've got a bright future ahead of us as a church. I want this. No, no, you guys stay standing. Get your, get your butts up. We got a bright future. I uh, see. I get to boss you around because I'm, I'm, I'm older, right? Uh, cause that's what we get to do. Older people. Amen. 
but isn't it cool to see what God's doing? And I, I love this because I remember being young. I remember being full of passion. I know you guys got a lot in you. And I'm telling you, God's calling some stuff out of you today. And so we want to pray for you. I want you to extend your hands towards those around you. Elders, let's lay our hands on these incredible gifts that God has given us. Lord, thank you so much for the people that you've given us and these young people, God. And we call out of them the anointing and the favor of God and the gifts of God on them. We thank you, Lord, that you've got a plan for their life. And like we've heard today, you're a healer. You're our restorer. You're our freedom. Lord, I thank you that they're going to experience that like they've never experienced before. I thank you that these high school students who are going into college are going to go in and be light in the schools you've called them to. I thank you that they're going to find who they are in Christ and identify with who God has called them to be. I lift up these young communicators up here this morning. Lord, thank you for the gifts. We thank you for the anointing on them like it's never been on them before to step into what you have for them. And we thank you, Lord, this church is going to go on long after we we're gone because of the future and the people that you've given to us these gifts. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Great job, you guys. Now get out. Get down. Get out. I felt like I, I, I found myself down there smiling like I do when like, you know, Gus scored a touchdown in a football game. I was like, eh, just smiling, just grinning like a proud dad. So proud of you guys. Uh, so proud and excited about what this church is doing. Aren't you in this cool? I think this, I think this is going to be a tradition at New Song Church. We're going to do this every year. Well, if you would, uh, would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me this morning? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.